Hi, I'm Jerry House. You know, I've known these shady ladies for a very long time, and I love to hear their stories, but you have to take them with a grain of salt. Now, these tales and opinions are not for the faint of heart. And this podcast is not suitable for children, but then neither is the music business. So light one up and lighten up, because you're listening to the Shady Ladies of Music City. Is this on? Are we doing it now? What are we saying again? I'm Evelyn. And I'm Susan. Some people refer to us as... The Shady Ladies of Music City. Okay, country politics. So when I first got to town in 1976, everyone was Republican. I mean, there were like hardly anybody was liberal in country music. Everybody was running around saluting the flag and all that stuff. And who was the president back there? It must have been 76. Was that Reagan? Well, whoever it was, everybody in country music were still Republicans when I got here in the 80s. So not much uh, changed. But I truly believe that there are a lot more liberal country people than were willing to admit it initially. And so many of the older country stars regardless of what their politics were, took the position that you don't want to alienate any part of your audience, so don't take a political side. Then other artists, you know, do take a political side, but I think that in recent years, it's certainly a lot, Gerald more, Ford. lot more liberal than it was um, then. Well, I don't think that that many people in country music are liberal because I think that they're all racist, and so I don't think that they're liberal. I mean, they're, they're secret racists here. They don't even talk about it, but they are racist. And so, that, you know, that's not Democratic, that's Republican. This county didn't even vote for Al Gore for president when he ran. The state. The state didn't. No, the county, you know, Davidson County did, but... But the state didn't. They didn't even vote for Al Gore. And, you know, he was, you know... He was the son of Tennessee. And he was the son of a Tennessee senator who was a Democrat, big Democrat. But, you know, politically, a lot of people in country music just want to be so careful and some of the stars that you would think would be, you know, terribly Republican, like, say, George Jones, in all reality wasn't. I, he wouldn't come out and say, I'm a Democrat. But he did not believe in a lot of the uh, policies that were set under the Bush administration. But I think that George was a, a racist because if you remember that night at Nancy's, after George died, when she had all of her female friends over, and they were all talking about uh, going out to look at a house. And Nancy was talking about going to the house and saying George would never buy that house because a black person lived there. Well, I think he could have been a racist, but I don't think that he was a Republican. Uh, you know, and it doesn't necessarily fall into the territory of uh, being a Democrat. But, you know, when it comes to, you know, the rural South, there's a lot of uh, mixed signals as to which way people go. But There is a lot of mixed signals, but I don't think Democrats are notoriously racist. No, but I, I'm sure that there are some racist Democrats as well, you know, because it's more than just a race issue as to which Well, there were some side. Southern Democrats that were racist, and those were the ones that were the worst racist. But, you know, in terms of country music, I mean, certainly Willie was always very liberal and kind of, you know 
followed and still his is. own heart. Yeah. But Merle was certainly not Okie from Wiscoke. was definitely not uh, a liberal at all. I know, but meanwhile, you know, he was a big pot smoker. And so, you know, where does the song come from? And, you know, what kind of... Uh, but just because you smoke pot doesn't mean you're liberal. It means you're, you know, slightly outlaw. And pretty soon it won't mean anything. No, but that particular song, you know. Pretty soon it won't mean anything because everyone will be able to smoke pot. It used to be if you smoked pot, you were a liberal and, you know, you liked liberal causes and liberal things. But now they've lost that too. Another thing gone with time. An another <laughs> thing gone with time. But, you know, let's talk about... But like a lot of the, the, the stars, you know, they consider it a great honor to, you know, perform for a president regardless of what his party is. You know, Tammy always held that, you know, as a near and dear truth. And she took great pride in the fact that she had performed, you know, in front of so many presidents and at the White House. And I can understand that. And, um, you know, I went to the White House many times with clients under Republican presidents, the Bushes. And it's just a thrill to go to the White House. It's a thrill to go to the to meet the president, even if he's it not is. a president you necessarily endorse. I don't think I'd ever be thrilled to meet Trump. But I mean, you know, George Bush was so um, was such a big country fan that you couldn't help but you know be happy to be there. And you know, the younger Bush was really funny too. And and um, he was a charming, charming man. And you look back now, and the younger Bush was charming and funny and kind, and he was not a mean guy like certain other presidents that we could name. I mean, you know, I could not see George Bush saying, immigrants do not deserve toothbrushes or water. Let them drink the water out of the toilet. That would not have been a Bush comment. No, it wouldn't have been a comment by anybody other than in the Trump administration, but... I agree. You know, I don't understand, you know, why, you know more country artists don't kind of, you know, take a stand. I give uh, Taylor Swift a tremendous amount of credit and kudos for becoming political, politically active in terms of she knows she has a huge influence over, you know, young people. And it's young people that will determine what the fate of the country is. So, you know, I think that a few other country stars should maybe step up. And But you remember the last young country stars that stepped up were the Dixie Chicks, and they were eviscerated by country radio. And, you know, I hope that doesn't happen to Taylor because she is such a spokesperson for the young people. And you might not always agree with her. And I don't know any other artist from our generation or from the generation that we went with that spoke out so much about politics. None of them, or, you know, music business or anything. I mean, she's really, and the Dixie Chicks, and they got housed and lost their career, even though I think what they did was not right. I don't think you should go to a foreign country and criticize the president, even if you don't like him. I mean, you know, that's just, I just don't think that's right. Well, we were on opposite sides of that fence. We were I mean, on opposite you know, having been a military brat and lived in other countries, you know, during my lifetime and always, you know, being taught, you know, the importance of being uh, a symbol for America when you're in these other countries and to remember that, it doesn't mean you become stupid. And, you know, what the Dixie Chicks were outspoken about at the time, I happen to have agreed with, and I don't, and I think that people just, you know, blew it so far out of proportion for what they did. 
I, you they know, did. I, was, I agree. I didn't think it was that big an issue, but I don't think that you should necessarily speak out against an American president when you're doing a show in Europe. I mean, if you want to speak out in Kansas or South Dakota or any of those places, feel free. This is America. We're allegedly of you know, free, a free and we, country, a free and that's country. why. If you feel very passionately about something, and that's your, you know, your belief, it, I don't think it matters where you are in the world. And I mean, I would certainly speak out against Trump in any country in this world, you know, including our own that he wants to, you know, so control and censor. But um, I think that's part of the uh, benefit of being an American is that you get to. But Think Trump as you is far want. different than George Bush was. George Bush was not a Trump. He was not trying to be a tyrant. He was not doing any of that. And the history and the legacy of But he was doing family, something that a lot of Americans didn't agree with. Which was? Going into a war. Right. That was a made-up war. Right. And that, you know, was a total profit thing by Cheney for him and Halliburton. his... Yeah. So why not speak up? They were from Texas. They were more closely involved in the power of Halliburton and Cheney in the Bushes to mislead the people. So, you know, is it your obligation as an American to stand up and say that this isn't right? You know, this was... No, but was, I think it's your obligation as an American to stand up for your president, except Trump. Except if your president <laughs> is doing something that you absolutely don't agree with, because, you know, going into that war and Why the bring whole, it up at a show? Because, because it was, we're from Texas, but we're embarrassed so to, what? to say entertainment that. Entertainment should be kept separate. It's like I don't think so. I mean, do you think state? Dylan should have censored himself? And in, in it was different times then. I know. Maybe we need to get back to a time where there's more social responsibility. I agree with all of that. I, I, just, I, I, I think they should bring back the draft. You know, and I don't think you should necessarily have to go into the military, but you should have to do something. For your country for a year. I mean, you know, you have a responsibility. And if we want to continue, I mean, we're not continuing. The country's going to shit as far as I can see. Well, I agree with that. And I agree that Taylor Swift, whether you agree with her or not, deserves a lot of respect for speaking out for what she believes. She always has and she always will. And that's why I think the young people follow her so much and the Dixie Chicks. I just think that was a touchy issue and you know if it was just them and the audience it wouldn't have been that big a deal but radio country radio which has always been so controlling of the music business took over and destroyed the dixie chicks and, and so unwelcoming to female artists you know and and uh it was one other way that they could get rid of having to play females as far right, as i'm concerned right. and, 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 you and know, they egged on their audience that you know unfortunately maybe in country music it is so republican that those country stations get right into line with somebody like donald trump and kind of built you know, it into like a flaming inferno with their burn all the records, burn the CDs, burn the artwork. I know, it's like Fahrenheit 451. And the thing about uh, country radio is like when I was managing Laurie, the radio stations worshipped her. It was because of how she looked and also her music and her lineage. As and you know, her, her politics. And her politics. <laughs> and I remember that uh, Laurie, after... I wasn't managing her anymore, went to Washington to sing at a luncheon for Hillary Clinton. And we heard that she was very disrespectful to Hillary. Now, I wasn't there, so I don't know what went down, 
But I know that, you know, radio is quick to criticize country artists. And truthfully, I think that the demise of the Dixie Chicks is why there's hardly any female artists in country music now. We've talked about the fact that, you know, when we were really happening in country music, there were so many females you know, I mean, we could go on and list them again. We have already. But there was Dolly. There was Tammy. There was Emmy. There was Mary Chapin. I mean, there were so many of them. And now there's nobody. Carrie Underwood. And uh, I know. I was looking at the charts today, and I saw that I think it was uh, Marin Morris had the only yeah. like, top ten record, and the next one was Carrie Underwood. And, uh, you know, it's a sad state of affairs. And, you know... And Casey Musgrave, who's so fantastic, is not accepted by radio. So Carrie Underwood is, but Casey's not accepted. And, you know, the people love her. She wins all the Grammys. And in a way, it's kind of like the Dixie Chicks. You know, the people love the Dixie Chicks, but they made that one mistake and got hosed. And I hope that that doesn't happen to Taylor. Well, fortunately, Taylor's not dependent upon country radio or the country fans. So, you know, she she can get away with a lot more. Um, but there have been other political moments in country, you know, some that were, you know, pretty nice. Uh, Randy, like well, Randy Travis did the points of light. For the Bushes. For the Bushes, the older Bush. And, you know, that was, you know, it wasn't something that really kind of took off by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, that whole kind of effort of, you know, be a point of light, make a change, you know, that didn't end up really happening. But, you know, at the time, Randy was very, uh, you know, proud to do that. And Randy was a Republican, so uh, it sort of fit in with his politics anyhow. I, as a liberal, just uh, kind of enjoyed the whole concept of it and thought it was a good idea. But that was... Uh, you know, that was a one, a one good moment that we can think of for politics and country music. You know, I'm trying to think who else there was that had good moments for country music. You know, certainly the country artists have gotten the uh, Kennedy Center honors and they've gotten a lot of the... Uh, presidential things. Presidential honors and, you know... The president seemed to not distinguish between the Democratic and the uh, Republican artists and who, or whoever the committees are. You know, a lot of country artists have received those, and, which I think is great because, you know, they do represent the heartland. Well, and, and, you know, country artists tend to have long careers so that, you know, when it comes around to these honors, it's usually at the end of a career as opposed to, you know, at the beginning of a career. So... Uh, it sort of makes sense because a lot of country artists are, you know, still out there. They are, and I'm glad because, uh, you know, they don't get the, they don't get a lot of accolades at the beginning from the rest of America, but by the time their careers are over, they do. And that's certainly true for, like, George and uh, Tammy and Loretta. Willie. And Willie and Dolly. You know, you think of, I don't know if the young, if there's going to be any young artists that are going to be remembered like that. I think Tim McGraw is, you know, politically active. I think that this, uh, you know, American Songbook thing that he's done with uh, John Meacham is sort of an overture towards, you know, that direction of uh, maybe a different way of thinking for, you know, country fans. He can bring something to the table and that he can bring a big fan base that maybe hasn't ever looked at it that way before. And, 
I've seen Tim be quite outspoken about, you know, certain kinds of uh, political situations. Well, he also is one that uh, donates houses to veterans. He's very involved in the veterans thing. And now Toby Keith is very involved with veterans too. And he's done a lot of USO things. Uh, and even though Toby might be a Republican, he's very, very committed to veterans. And I'm surprised more country artists aren't committed to the veterans because, you know, a lot of them have fought in the war and a lot of poor country people end up becoming soldiers and going to war. So Tim has done really a great job with that. Well, I think a lot of country artists have always done the USO tours and stuff. You know, I did about five of them with Randy Travis. But Randy was an exception. Randy was a very gentle, caring person in the day. And, you know, he, he... always seem to be on the right side of things. And Tim seems to be on the right side of things. I thought that, um, you know, it's sort of like a different subject, but the uh, whole Mike Huckabee thing that happened here in town was, you know, kind of a uh, a good political wake-up call in one sense, uh, in that, you know, the uh, CMA board of directors decided to make Mike Huckabee a... Um, director, I think, of like their educational uh, branch, to, you know, because the CMA has has um, collected a lot of money on behalf of uh, providing instruments in schools across the country. And I know that to some of the CMA board, it seemed like a complicated thing as to how to get that money to the schools. And they thought that Mike Huckabee had a uh, approach that would make it much simpler. But unfortunately, you know, his politics didn't agree with what everybody felt like their money should be. Um, well, not what everybody, just... Well, certain people in town that maybe didn't have the nerve to speak up. Uh, Jason Owen did speak up and said that, you know, artists, you know, uh, donate this money by appearing at FanFest to uh, enable the CMA Fan Fest to be so successful with ticket sales and all of that is to see these artists and these artists believe that money is going to go to fund uh, uh, music in the schools, but they don't want it necessarily to be schools that are restrictive in terms of who they accept and what they do. And Mike Huckabee, you know, is an example of- A homophobic. Yeah, newscaster, and, and that's a thing that has changed in Nashville. When I came to Nashville, there was there were gay people, but they were very much closeted. Uh, I certainly knew who a lot of them uh, were, but it wasn't an open thing in Nashville where uh, you know gay people were getting married and having children, and, and there was no celebration of Pride Day or anything in Nashville. There was no sure. whisper of. of Anybody, you know, I mean, there were whispers about who was gay and who wasn't, but there was no open embrace of it. And I, you know, things have changed in town, I'm happy to say, and that, you know. But Jason has always been very outspoken about uh, liberal causes and, you know, things that he felt were right for the people. And so, and he was the only one that spoke out about Huckabee, and I was kind of surprised. You know, that was his, uh, his donation to the CMA was to uh, make sure that they didn't get tainted by people that were uh, homophobic. That's right. So he did a good thing on behalf of the... He did a great thing. And people were, you know, really happy to jump on that bandwagon, I think. It's just that a lot of people 
it, you know, it came down very quickly and they didn't really know how they could respond or what they could do. There wasn't an open forum of like, vote for this. Uh, but, you know, Jason was smart and he had the power and he just dealt with it quickly. And I think a lot, came of, out. a lot of people agreed with him. Uh, they just didn't have an opportunity. And a lot of people didn't agree with him because they felt that Mike Huckabee was helpful for the country music business and was helpful for the educational fund. And they felt that, oh, no, now we've lost somebody who was helpful because of something that has nothing to do with country music. But Jason didn't care about that. He cared about what was right. Yeah, and he was right about that. And, because, and very uh, few people care about that anymore. Everyone seems to be intimidated. I mean, unfortunately, country music has, you know, sidled up to a lot of sleaze bags. <laughs> you know, historically, you know, politicians that represented everything that's distasteful. And yet, you know, they're the ones that are sort of, you know, parading around the Opry House saying, you know, well, you know, this is America. Um and that's, you know, that's just one of the things that will change slowly. You think it will? Absolutely, because those, you know, people aren't being born with that kind of mindset, or at least I hope they're not. I don't know if, you know, not, you know, not while the current regime is in. I say regime, not casually either. I mean, you know, Mitch McConnell and all those people are not people that are caring about other people. They just care about themselves, getting their own funds passed, getting their own things passed. They don't care about what's going on in the United States or the reputation that the United States has or the the immigrants, the way that, you know, we're treating immigrants. I mean, when I grew up, it was, you know, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. Now it's God, tell the huddled masses to drink out of the toilet because, uh, you know, they don't deserve our water. And, and I heard somebody this morning on either CNN or MSNBC, of course, that said that there was a storage closet where the migrants were that has all kind of supplies. And I know, and they're just mean and not giving them out. I mean, I don't understand why Oral-B doesn't just donate, you know, a million toothbrushes. They donate probably 10 million to dentists everywhere. You can't go I to the know. dentist Why without getting an oral bay. And that, where are all the churches, you know, bringing food? If these people are hungry, get some damn food there. Who was that Andrea Acosta? What is her name? Well, these are mean-spirited people that are, that are just, you know, they want to see people suffer because then it means that they're doing better than them. It just comes down to your suffering is is, you know, worse than mine, and so I can look down on you. I mean, it, I'm just disgusted with the way uh, Well, it's heartbreaking the when you see going. that picture of that man and, that, and his little daughter. I mean, it just brings me to tears to see that and think that that's America now. That never was. And I think that if uh, country music is going to be reflective of the American ideal and everything, then they need to start writing some songs that deal with something of importance here. You know, where are these songwriters? You know, we don't need another ditty about a truck or another ditty about, you know, God and country. Because country radio won't play the songs. If somebody wrote a song and said, you know, a passionate song about immigrants and they're dying at the borders, who do you think would play it? Nobody. A Latino station. Nobody would play it. And because country radio doesn't care, they want to get their sponsors and their advertisers. 
and they won't play it. I mean, you know, you can write all well, you they want. Well, they don't give a damn about their advertisers and sponsors because I have to believe that a lot of the advertisers would be uh, willing to stand up and say something. It's just, you know. They, don't, they won't, and thank God we're not in business anymore because we, we would never <laughs> get another act played on radio. We, we never, never got them played on radio anyhow, so no. why should we have put but up I with mean, it? I mean, you know, we would be on the outskirts of Dungville, I can tell you, because... Uh, you know, we're on the wrong side of Memphis here because uh, nobody seems to care, not even the artists. I don't notice one artist coming out and making a big statement. Well, I think, you know, Eric Church, you know, is... is uh, Has he said anything? Well, his image makes me think that he would, you know, be on the right side of Memphis in this particular deal, but who knows? I mean, I, I just don't know... You know, music should be reflective of the times. The times are in great turmoil, in my mind. The country is going into the toilet, and where are the songs to kind of reflect That's why Bob Dylan and Joan Baez were so great, because they spoke out, they weren't afraid, they talked about what was significant, and they made impact. People were willing to listen to that then. And I think people would listen now because there are a lot more opportunities. Where would they hear it? <laughs> they could hear it online. That's the great, you know, thing about the new technology is you don't have to be saddled to your radio station. You have lots of different ways to, you know, hear music. But where is it being reflected? I don't hear any, you know, passion or dismay or disgust at what's going on in this uh, world. Neither do I. And that's where country music used to be with Woody Guthrie and all that. You know, they, it used to be the voice of the people. And, you know, it used to be, uh, we will overcome. But now it's like, we will get a burger made out of fake meat and eat it in our car that's being tar- that has tariffs on it from China. Nobody, nobody's doing anything political. Well, see, the, the one thing that I know from uh, living with the people that I've lived with is that everybody that has a gun is afraid their gun is going to be taken away by the Democrats. And I don't think the Democrats want to take guns away. And that's where I think the NRA makes a mistake. I think they want to take away these automatic weapons that they use in war. And, you know, I mean, I have a gun. I've always had a gun, you know, but I would never have an automatic weapon. And I would probably be terrified to use the gun if push came to shove. Uh, but uh, Nashville's getting much more violent than it used to be. It used to be when I first lived here, I never even locked my door. My door was always open, as Evelyn can attest to, you know, my back door, my front door. Well, I hate that country artists are so identified with the NRA, truthfully. And it's because so many of them are into the hunting thing, you know, whether it's Blake Shelton or... Um, Charlie Daniels. Uh, Luke Bryan and all of them. And that's cool. There's nothing wrong with it. I personally don't want to, you know, kill a deer or see any animal killed. But they don't have to embrace the power of the NRA to own a a rifle and go, you know, hunting. And I have nothing against that. You know, everybody should have that freedom to choose how they, they, uh, whether they hunt or not. But the NRA has gotten so... um, Powerful. Powerful and uh, so unreasonable that you should do background checks so that you should have known, you know, atomic, uh, atomic, 
automatic weapons and anatomic weapons well, because they if they could come up checks. with that they believe but in they background don't, checks. they don't allow they don't force background checks so what good is that for them all of a sudden to say well, i they, believe they in box sell guns the nra doesn't sell guns you can't do a background check if you're the nra the gun no, stores but have they to are, do they the have checks. to support it the gun stores do do the checks it's those but you know years ago country was really country and country people went hunting for their living and they raised animals and and you know and they for for what they ate they killed animals and so you know they weren't that that aware there were no mass shootings back then and that's why the country artists as opposed to people that lived in the cities and urban people you know they were for hunting and i mean you know i was never for hunting i never wanted to kill an animal in my life but I understand people that do. They grew up, they went hunting, it was part of their family's, you know, fun. But nobody's against hunting. They can hunt to their heart's contentment. No, You know, they can hunt. It's the NRA lobbying against any kind of... But that's uh, how the NRA started, was the hunting thing. Yeah, but now it's... it's Way past that. that, I agree. Now it's a whole other thing, and unfortunately, you know... Uh, it's so associated with the country lifestyle, right. country music. And even though we had that horrible, horrible, you know, mass shooting at a country in concert Vegas. in Las Vegas, it didn't change anybody's tune about, you know, being cooperative and supportive of the NRA. And I think, you know, I don't know. I, I think that country music is maybe losing touch with the people of America in the country audience because I don't necessarily believe oh, I that people think this should continue on. I don't. I don't think they've lost touch with it. You know, I don't think they've lost touch with the American audience. I just think that maybe, you know, uh, people don't realize... Well, everybody realizes what's going on with these mass shootings. There's no way to you can, yeah. excuse it. And there's mass shootings every single day in this country that we don't even hear about unless it's, you know, lurid enough to get TV time, whether it's children or, you know, what the numbers are or how it goes down. Or uh, um, disenfranchised employees or people that are mad about what happened at their company. Now, years ago, when people got mad at what would happen, they wouldn't run around and shoot everybody in the company. That's a new thing. Well, I think it's, you know, reflective of society and the politics of the moment and the politics of the times, I guess. Right, I agree. That's like, I think it was Amy Schumer that did a, uh, a comedic piece about people being too afraid to give a woman birth control and yet if a kid walks in to buy a gun, they'll sell a 12-year-old a gun. But if a, a woman walks in to get uh, birth control, they won't give it to her. So, I mean, I agree with that. I don't know. I'm not a fan of the NRA, but I don't think they're solely responsible. I think it's a lot the politicians, too, and the politicians that back them and get money from them. When you see all the politicians that got money from the NRA, in, in the election of 2016, you can't believe how much money they got. And where did the NRA get that money? It's called from laundering from the Russians. They, they were, were on the verge of bankruptcy. And yet they were able to give away so many, you know, tens of millions of dollars for political purposes. Now, remember that little Russian that uh, the woman, Maria Bounet oh, or whatever the her name was? <laughs> she was the liaison with the NRA, if you remember. I do. Well, they suck.
I mean, you know, the Russians are just in everything. Not in country music yet. <laughs> Not that we know. We don't know if any Russians back anybody. I think another interesting political aspect of country music, you know, we have, uh, you know, the um, everybody coming out of the closet. But now you have black people on the charts, too, with, you know... Uh, oh, Little Nas and Little Nas and uh, Billy Cyrus. And some new guy, some new black guy just entered the charts, some rap artist, like at number five or something, or ten. I mean, it's... Uh, I forget well, who it is. Well, it's interesting because country has been embracing R&B and rap for years. And, uh, you know, who was, the, who was that guy, Sam? What was it? Sam Hunt did that whole song that was like a rap song and everybody loved it. Where did he go? I don't know. There have been people that have uh, done some rap stuff before, but they like oh, Florida Georgia leave. Line. You know, Florida Jason. Georgia Line, exactly. I mean, it became like, a, yeah, I think Jason Aldean did a little rap thing, one of his Yeah, songs. the George Jones song. There's also a girl that's black uh, who has a... a, a a song out. I can't think of her name, but who knows? But you know, that's come into country music, but in such a small way. I'd say the NRA is about a zillion times stronger, and the gay lobby is a million times stronger in country music than the African American. I don't know. Is that? But not look at those are big changes right there. I mean, in country music to have you know a, a, a strong, you know, gay presence that never used to exist. But there's not a strong gay presence. In, I mean, there aren't artists that are coming out as being gay. It's well, only people in I think in so. Management. I think, what's her name? Um, Brandy Carlisle. Well, she's not big. Nobody even knows who well, she I is. Well, I think she's kind of big at the moment. I mean, I think that a lot of people are paying attention to her. No, in 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 that world, but not in the not in the you know country music world, not in the radio world. She doesn't have a song on the radio. No, but the country music hopefully is more than just the radio. Really? I mean, you know, they, <laughs> I haven't noticed it to be. Well, you know, I mean, Casey's doing good. Other people are doing good. But Brandy Carlisle, I think, you know, is out there. And um, then there's a bunch of those other girls that I'm not sure. Well, let's just think about who's been out there. Katie Lang was out there. Yeah, country radio loved her. They loved her. Shelby Terry Lynn. Clark was out there. Boom. Adios. Who else was out there? They, they, you know, I don't know. They don't like uh, female gays. I guess you wouldn't call them female gays. I guess you'd have to call them... Lesbians. Lesbians. They don't like them. Well, and you know, country, you know, people were so quick to want to call everybody gay anyhow. And, uh, you know, so many people that I knew that certainly weren't gay by any stretch of the imagination, you know. Randy. Randy. They always said that Randy was gay. They wanted to believe that Randy was gay rather than that he was with an older woman. But, you know, I can assure you um, that Randy is not gay. And, um, you know, Kenny, they try to, you know, put that on him. And if anybody's not gay. It would be Kenny. It's I'm, Mr. Adorable Kenny. He was never gay. I mean, you know, I don't know. It's a sad state of affairs, but I'm trying to think. Back in the old days, were there ever any gay people in country music? Not that we're out. <laughs> no. I mean, I don't think that, for instance, uh, little Jimmy Dickens was gay. I don't think that any of that crop of people no, were gay. No, but you know that some were, and we just, you know, didn't know it. Or people didn't know it. We didn't know them. Now it's time for the Music City Myth. Our listeners submit questions and Evelyn and I try to answer them to the best of our ability. 
Here's the question. I heard Porter Wagner used to carry around a naked photograph of himself and show it to people he just met. I don't believe that because he would have been thrown off the Opry, number one. And number two, you know, I mean, I don't think that that's exactly an entrancing picture. (laughs) Naked Porter Wagner. So, I mean, I've heard other stories about Porter, but I've never heard that. I don't know. You'd have to ask Mrs. Wagner. It was rumored that Porter had a really big career, wink, wink. Thanks for listening. You be sure to subscribe and we'll be sure to catch you off guard. So light one up and lighten up. Stay tuned next week for our episode called The Tour Buses, where we discuss the secret life of what goes on in a country artist tour bus. So share and tell your friends. Then rate, review, and subscribe. Don't be quiet about this. We need you to tell everyone because why is someone going to listen to this? No one has any idea who that we are. So it's up to you to get us known. It has to be a viral thing. It has to be a, uh, you know, word of mouth thing because we're putting our faith in your hands. We are. For more information on the podcast, please visit www.shadyladiesofmusiccity.com. Shady Ladies of Music City is recorded and produced in Nashville, Tennessee, and is presented by Monument Records. Executive producers are Jason Owen, Shane McAnally, and Katie McCartney. Our producer is Sarah DeHilly. Our theme song is written and performed by Robert Shavers. He is also our engineer and editor.